Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcasts. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 073-013-8426. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, Missing Peace, as we discover the peace that God brings this Christmas. Enjoy listening to the sermon. Sunday everyone, it is indeed Advent season, you can tell the building looks completely different, it looks amazing already, and I want to acknowledge there have been some critical volunteers that have played and worked very hard to ensure that we are getting ready, because you know next weekend is our Christmas spectacular, we're excited for what's happening. Unfortunately, if you have not got tickets, I'm sorry, but there is just no more space in this inn to be able to take another person. 3,300 tickets are already taken for the weekend. So we're grateful. We're grateful. And and we're expectant for what's going to happen. And so to get you ready, take a look so that you know what's happening next weekend. Today is the start of Advent season where we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior and it is just six more sleeps until our family Christmas spectacular and the excitement is building. And so here are five things that you need to take note of as we get ready for Christmas spectacular. Yes, so number one, you need to make sure that you get here early. Like early, early. Yeah. With five shows and 3,000 people, we're expecting a crowd and it is going to be busy. Parking is also limited and looks a little different, so make sure you arrive early. Try to carpool, Uber or walk. Or skateboard or use your Chevrolet legs. Whatever you need to do, just make sure that you are here. Number two, it is going to be a food paradise. We've got burgers, buris, chips, pancakes and much, much more. So get ready to feast. And as far as possible, let's keep it cashless. Bring your moon bags, your cards, and zapper pavements are preferred. And then number three, parents, we've got your backs. You get to watch your little ones enjoy face painting, inflatables, and loads of kids-friendly games. Number four, the doors open 20 minutes before each show. So don't forget your tickets, whether that's paper or digital. Otherwise, you're going to be watching the show from the parking lot. No, not even the parking lot. Not even the parking lot. There will be no space. So make sure that you bring your tickets on the day. And then number five, all children are welcome to join us for the show, but we also have Edge Kids Junior available for ages 10 months to five years. Head on to Edge Kids Junior 20 minutes before showtime. Let them have a blast while you settle in and have a blast. So come on, let's join together. Let's have fun for this year's Christmas Spectacular. <laughs> there we go. It is happening. It is happening. And I want to encourage you and to speak from my heart is as we go into this weekend, can I ask that we live out the very culture that we have at each church? So meaning so that when people are coming who might be new to this building, that it does become a place where they belong, that we put God first, that it's going to be lots of fun, obviously the spectacular. And that we love well. So how does Loving Well look like over this coming weekend? People might be coming in. They don't know this building. You, okay, let's just take it this way. You know what parking's like at this church on a normal Sunday. Let's love well in how we can allow people to, to park and all of that. Um, but I, my, my prayer for, for this weekend, that is that people would come and they would feel that they are home. That they would walk into a space where maybe they have been in the darkness, as Zion 9 speaks into this. But that they would find the light, for unto us a son was born. That is the very heart of the spectacular. So I'm asking, if you call each church your home, that we are going to love well. You agree, each church? 
Amazing. Well, I'm going to get into God's Word, and as you can see, we are starting our new series called Missing Peace. Now, random question I want to ask you. Have you ever wondered why, when it's your birthday, you have a cake with candles on? Have you, have you ever wondered why we do that? Or is it just me? Are those kind of things like, how does a robot traffic light, I mean, work? Like, I always like think of stuff like that. Well, I did some research and some random trivia for you on a Sunday morning to just put in somewhere in your brain. Actually, it dates back to when we used to have candles on a cake, dates back to the ancient Greeks. They used to do a thing where they used to pay tribute to the Greek goddess Artemis. And actually, what they would do is that she was the goddess of the moon. So they would take candles, and the candles would represent a reflected moonlight. And then when you would blow out that candle, the smoke would be like a sound, uh, the, 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 literally, it would be carrying your wishes up to the goddess. So in, in, in a sense, when I read it, I was like, it's just innocent superstition, actually. When you look at this, so we're talking about why do we make a wish? And you know, you told as a kid, don't tell anyone what your wish is. And I'm like, why? <laughs> it's just innocent fun, but you know what it's like. You know when you get older, you're like, oh, so much for a candle. But if you've got a kid and you see their face when they get to blow out that candle, it is so worth it. And I always wondered when we say, like, why, why do we do a wish? So then it made me start to think. I was like, if there was one wish I could have, what would it be? Does anyone think like that? Anyone think like, oh, if I won the lotto, this is what I would do. We often have these conversations. But think about it. If you had one wish, what would it be? So, for random fun, last week Monday, I decided to message a whole bunch of friends to say, just random. Like, I just resist this thought process. I was like, if you had one wish, what would it be? I sent it out to a lot of people. These are some of the responses that I got back. I would own a private jet, which I never have to worry paying for. Another person said to me, the way that my morning is going, I want an all-expense-paid holiday. That's my one wish. Another person said to me, every person to have a job in South Africa, because it would change so much for all of us. Then, another person said to me, my wish is to be Spider-Man. <laughs> now, I just want to put a disclaimer here. These were all adults that I messaged. A 34-year-old man actually said to me, I want my wishes to be Spider-Man. <laughs> then, I, then I got another message to say, from, from a man, he said, my wish is to look like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'm not going to disclose who these people are. Another person said, a new car. Another person said that everyone would engage in God's word. Another person said to have lots of money. Now, and I thought about that one. I was like, it's, it's not technically a bad wish. Because, you know, if you had, like, uh, like for me, when I play that scenario out, I'm like, I'll be generous. I'll help this person. I would do that. If I had more money, do you know, you could do these kind of things. And then the famous classic one someone sent me. I would wish for more wishes. Now, you can't do that. But, you know, as I launch into Advent... I want to show you something from the New Testament that's incredibly powerful. And as we launch the season and launch this very season, 
There was a moment when the angels came to announce something at the birth of our Christ. Does anyone know, remember what the angels said? It's found in Luke 2 verse 14. The angels said, glory to God in the highest. And then take note, peace on earth. Now that is the key word for today's message and where we're going over the next couple of weeks. Peace on earth. You know what's interesting for me is that anytime Jesus would address or engage with someone, he would greet them in their comings or their goings, he would say, peace be with you. If anything traumatic even happened and you see it throughout scripture, he would say words like, now go in peace. And then I thought of Jesus said that, but then you look at what the apostle Paul would say when he would in his writings of his letters, he would write, he would start his letters, he would say grace and grace and peace be with you. What's interesting when I read that and I thought to myself, he's saying grace and peace. He could have used many other options as to what he could have said. He could have said grace and popularity because so many people wanted to be popular. He could have said grace and power. He could have said grace and riches. He could have said grace and TikTok fame, but he didn't say that. He said grace and peace be with you. And if I'm honest and, 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 uh, and, I, think, and I think I can say for many, what so many people are really wanting in life, whether they realize it or not, whatever they've been searching for, whatever they've been missing, whether they actually know that this is the truth, what I believe and I would present is that what so many people are really wanting and missing in their life is peace. And I'm talking real peace. A peace that, 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 that the world wouldn't understand. A peace that's divine, that is from above, that only God can give us. Because I don't know if you know this or not, you can have all the money in the bank, but still have no peace inside of you. You can be successful on the outside. You can be Spider-Man, Ryan Reynolds, but still have an emptiness on the inside of you. You can be married, but not have peace. Now, don't say amen too loud at that point here. Because I can tell you right now, you will not have peace when you go home. And I would argue, I really would, that for most people, whether they know it or not, when it really comes down to what they are searching for, it's a peace that only comes from God. And so many of us actually don't have that peace. Instead, we, what we have is often the opposite. We have anxiety. We have fear of the future. We have this doubt that keeps going of, it will never be. It's not for me. It's always everyone else gets the promotion or gets pushed in life, but not for me. We have these moments of like, when we think about relationships, what do we really want when it comes down to relationships? We want peace, don't we? We want to be able to say we have harmony in this relationship. We have understanding. But so often what we have is the complete opposite where there's bitterness and, and misunderstanding and fights and all these things of unforgiveness. You just look at 2022. We had the war, Ukraine and Russia. Look at 2023, what's happening? Israel and Palestine. It's like, what does 2024 hold for us? And I would say what most people really want and what they really need, what they're missing in their life is peace. And so as we launch Advent and as we go into this series until Christmas Day is when I conclude it, I want to show you from God's word. And today I want to show from a portion of scripture from the Old Testament with this incredible prophet, Isaiah, shares out of Isaiah 26, that is the anchor verse for today's sermon. 
And I want to give you some context of what's happening in Isaiah 26 so that you can just be able to paint the picture. They are in a season, Isaiah 26, which I believe is much like the season that we are in, in in this world and age and day that we are facing, where there's fear and unsettledness. And Isaiah the prophet, he, he prophesies about how that one day there's going to be this true worship, a worship that is filled with peace. There's going to be this moment of praise of the goodness of God. And he says this in verse one. So now this is the context of what he's prophesying. He says, in that day, everyone in the land of Judea will sing this song. Our city is strong. We're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. And then this is key when he says in verse three, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those thoughts are fixed on you. And verse four says, Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord your God is your eternal rock. I love this promise. I don't just love this promise. I want this promise. And can I tell you, I need this promise in my life. You will be kept in perfect peace, is what it says. A peace that comes from God above. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm way more familiar with imperfect peace. Or let me say inconsistent peace. Can, can anyone relate? At one moment you can have this amazing peace moment, you're in service and you're singing, so I'll throw up my hands and my soul won't go quiet and I'll give you the praise and you just have the peace of God and then the next minute you go, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? You have these moments of, of like, can this be? Or you can have this tranquility and joy that is filled with you in the sense of God's presence with you. And then next minute you got the sense of anxiety and dread and going, what is my future going to be? Can anyone relate or is that just me? Let's be honest. Most of us, and I include myself when I say this, is more familiar with that inconsistent peace. That imperfect peace than what Isaiah speaks about of perfect peace. So is perfect peace even possible is a question we need to ask. So, but before we go there, we go, what is perfect peace? You know, the word perf- uh, peace in the Old Testament comes from a really rich Hebrew word, which is the word shalom. And it's actually a Jewish greeting that would be exchanged in the coming and going and someone would say to you, shalom. And that word means more than just peace. It's got way more richness to it. It means wholeness. It's completeness. It's the fullness of peace. So it's peace in every sense. It's a complete and perfect peace of God. In other words, there's never then this internal sense of, oh, where do I stand with God? Or or, did I go too far? Or or, am I going to be forgiven with this sin or what I've done? No, no, because there's perfect peace. It's the completeness, the fullness. It's peace with God. And it's peace with other people. So, so it's not going, oh, I wonder where I stand with that person or there's this or that bitterness. It's peace with your circumstances, even when your circumstances aren't what you want them to be. It's shalom. It's, it's complete. It's that sense of whole peace from God. And what's interesting is when you look from in the original Hebrew text in Isaiah, it says you'll be kept in shalom, shalom. It's repeated twice. 
It's actually repeated twice, which is, you will be kept in shalom. Shalom. Meaning a double portion of peace is given to you. In other words, God is saying, I will give you your portion of peace. But you know what? I'm going to give you more peace. Now, when I read that, I was like, God knows the frailty of who I am. That he says that I will give you a double portion of peace. Church peace, when I say that, it does not mean that we will not not have peace. I mean, that it'll just be all perfect and there will be no worries, there'll be no troubles, that everything is just going to be amazing and oh, bless, life is just so good. Hear me? This is why Jesus said these words in John 16, For in this world you will have trouble. I'm sorry. But he says that. It's meaning that you, so when you have perfect peace, it doesn't mean that you won't have problems. It doesn't mean that nothing's going to break in your house or on your car. It doesn't mean that your kids aren't ever going to get into a fight on the way to church. And then you walk in as this happy, loving family. It doesn't mean that your spouse is going to get on your nerves or you're going to irritate your spouse. What is shalom shalom? It's the perfect peace of God. And we have to understand this and I want you to write it down because it was profound for me when I read it and I went, God, this is the very thing that I need to hold on. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. But peace is found in the presence of God. Let me say that again. Peace is not found in the absence of, oh, I won't have any problems and that's when I have peace. No, no. It's found we in the presence of God. It's that shalom, shalom peace that we're speaking about. It's in the presence of God. It's God's perspective. It's God's assurance. Even when life is not how we thought it would be. Even as you enter into this Advent season, you think to myself, this is not how I thought it would be. And you might be listening. You're like, oh, but Dan, you have no understanding. You're a pastor. You got everything okay in your life. I look at my life and, it, and my marriage sucks right now. Where's the peace? My body's a wreck. Where's the peace? I'm trying to hold it together financially. Where is the peace? My child has gone off the rails and is on drugs. Where is the peace? I am grieving. Where's the peace? Like how? Not just the promise. How do we experience the shalom, shalom of God that we read in Scripture. I want to show you in Scripture how we experience that. And I want to show you how we all can experience that. But what we need to understand is the battle for peace, it begins here in our mind. The battle for peace begins up here in our mind. That is where the wars go on, up here in your mind. Anyone agree? How many would say that I constantly have this war going on inside of my brain? Like I can know the truth of God, but then my mind wanders off to to all sorts of untruths. Even better, I can believe wholeheartedly the truths and the promise of God, and, and, but then when it comes, then I doubt, is this really of God? There's that war constantly going on inside of our mind between what God says and, and where my mind tends to wrongly believe certain stuff. And can I tell you the battle of peace? It begins within here, your mind. And that's why I want to show you the same verse in two different translations. From Isaiah 26, verse 3. 
Listen to what the, how the NLT says it. It says that you will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you, God. They are fixed on the truth of God. They are focused on God. The NIV says it this way. You will keep in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast. Now notice what Isaiah does not say. You'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on News 24 and Facebook. The rubbish that's sometimes on Facebook that we get so caught up in and it triggers us. Look here, if you're losing that peace by that person, it's called a button unfollow. Just unfollow. Find your peace. But it doesn't say you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the future. It doesn't say you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the financial problems that we're experiencing. It doesn't say that you're going to have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the bad news from your doctor. No, no, it says you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed and focused on the truth of God. That's what Isaiah says. And in actual fact, the Hebrew word for fixed is samak, which literally means to lean on completely. It means to fully rest yourself upon something. We could literally translate that very verse and says, you will have perfect peace when you lean on completely or fully when you rest your mind on God. The perfect peace that you and I, that God had always wanted for us is when our thoughts are resting on God's unfailing promises, church. Now my question is, as we go into this Advent season, what are your thoughts fixed upon? You know, when you have idle time, where does your mind wander? So meaning, what is consuming your mind at the moment? We often will say, what is the forefront thing when you wake up and the first thing that you think of is right there in the front of your mind? Maybe it's financial worries that is consuming you. Maybe it's political. The fear of where we are as a country or what is to come. Maybe what's consumed in your mind is all the things that are going wrong in this world. Maybe what's consumed in your mind is, is the relationship that you're in. What is consuming your mind? Because what are we called to do? It says, for you'll be kept in perfect peace. How? Listen to what Paul says in the New Testament, Philippians 4 verse 89. Listen. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 9. Keep putting into practice. Meaning that's something that you have to keep doing. Is practice. Is repeat here. All you have learned and received from me. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. And then look what the promise is. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. So when is God's peace with me? When your mind is fixed on him. What I have to do, I have to tell myself so often, God is good and he is always good. 
God is faithful and he will never let me down. His promises are true. He's honorable. He loves me. He sees me with all my mistakes and yet he still cares for me. I have to keep taking my mind when I'm hurting. He's my comforter. Fix your minds on God. Ask yourself, Romans 8, who shall separate me from the the love of our God, Christ Jesus? Shall troubles, shall hardships, persecution, famine, danger, or a sword? We could literally modernize Romans 8 and say, what can separate me? Relational tension, loneliness, anxiety, loss, depression, fear, worry? No. Because Romans 8 says he were to know all of those things. We are what? More than conquerors. Come on, church. I'm, I want you to hear this message. We are loved. Verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. And you're like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Listen to what Romans 8 says. Nor any power neither height nor depth, neither anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My mind is fixed on Him. And when my mind is fixed on Him, shalom, shalom. It's that perfect peace. That the world cannot understand. Why? Because that perfect peace you can't find in this world. John 14 verse 27 sums it up and says, and so powerful, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. Not what your boss leaves with you. The company that I've been committed to for so long. My partner. No, no. He says, peace I leave with you. And my peace that I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And then it says, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You notice what it says in the beginning of that verse? My peace I give you. He's not giving you a peace. He's giving you his peace. He's giving you his peace. And peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. And as I end today, I wrap up with a story that I I think sums up so beautifully the story of peace. The disciples were out with Jesus and a storm came. The storm was so massive, they'd never seen anything like this. They are freaking out. They are stressed. They don't know what's going on. They're like, is it any way we're going to live? They're worried about the future. And Jesus, their friend, is fast asleep. Casual. And all of a sudden, you see what happens in the story. Do you know that there were actually two storms that took place on this day? There was the visible storm that was surrounding them, that they were so fearful of. The lightning, the winds, the waves, and the rocking of the boat. But then there was a second storm. It was a storm that was on the inside of them. And I don't know how it is for you, but if I speak honestly for myself, the storms that are on the inside of me are often worse than the storms that are that I'm try- that are on the outside. Because on the outside, I can say to people, "I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, everything's fine." 
But inside, that storm that I'm feeling, it tires you out. You agree? The storms on the inside of disappointment, or am I just not good enough, or the lies of the enemy, or the lies of what others have given, empty promises, those storms on the inside, often a lot worse. And so then the disciples cry out in this moment, and they say, Jesus, don't you care? You're sleepy, my friend, and here we are. So often that's the words that, whether we verbally say it out aloud or not, God, don't you care? Don't you see my faithfulness? Lord, I've been tithing. I've been doing this. I've been serving. But God, can you not see what's happening? You're taking a nap, bruh. And what happens? In the middle of that storm, Jesus calmly wakes up. I can imagine he just like stretches and does everything. And he walks out casually. And he says, Luke from Mark 4, Peace be still. And all of a sudden, there was stillness. Why? Because Jesus, who is peace, gives you his peace. And you can be kept in perfect peace when your mind is fixed on him. Can I be honest? I know this truth. I've I've, I've gone through this truth so many times. I've experienced perfect peace. But I also have often struggled with this thing of perfect peace. Why I even titled the message today, Is Perfect Peace Possible? But you know, over the past three years and the journey that God has had me on personally, there's been a deepening that he's been taking me on, on focusing on my, 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 my thoughts upon him. And can I say that it has been a journey that I'm on? Where, where scripture would actually call it, it's the renewal of your mind. And it's a daily thing. There are days that I get it right and there are days that I get it horribly wrong. There are weeks that I get it really right. And then there's sometimes it feels like months that I'm struggling with this. But it starts out with just the first thing. It's acknowledging, renewing my mind before God by praying a simple prayer. God, renew my mind today. And as the day goes on and my, my thoughts go and, and they often will go really negatively. And there are times when I'm like, no, I can't do this. Oh, this load shedding. If I have to do this load shedding one more time. And the worst is when you haven't planned for it. And you get that 15 minute cue. And I'm like, how did I miss the 55 minute one? I've got to do this again or this feeling that I have inside of me and then my thoughts can go very negative very quickly and I have to quickly capture it and and do my best to say, Lord, I'm I'm submitting these thoughts to you right now. I'm handing them over to you and I have to force my mind by replacing them with truth, by saying that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Lord keeps my watching in my coming and my going. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so I have to capture and replace those thoughts and and even at the end of the day to try and look back and say, where have I seen God working? Where have I seen God? And in that space, we're now to be grateful for the things that were good. Even in the midst of things that were not nice in that day. 
And I want to end with this verse and I am praying that it will minister to you. And I had such a strong sense when I was in worship this morning of for those that are coming in into this Christmas, whether it's your first or it's still very new of you not having that loved one with you. If I think as even in my journey as being the past of this past year have been the most funerals that I've done. And so I'm praying that this verse that Paul speaks of will minister to your heart. And can I, can I just encourage you as I read the word of God, will you just close your eyes to receive the reading of God's word today? Open your heart to him now. Allow this to minister to you as that it's been ministering to me time after time. When Paul said this from a Roman prison, waiting for his execution. Verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Whatever's weighing you down right now, whatever's gripping your heart, don't be anxious about that. And then he says, but in every situation, whether the doctor's news is good or whether it's bad, whether the bank account is high or it is low, whether your marriage is on a high or your marriage is falling apart, whether your heart is breaking in pieces or you're living your best life at the moment. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And right now when it says they present your requests to God, in this space right now, can you present your request to God? Tell him what's robbing you of your peace. I sense the Holy Spirit is doing a deep work right now. And just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. peace of God not the peace of this world in other words the world can't take it because it never gave it in the first place it is a peace that comes from above and it's not the absence of problems or heartache or being void of disappointment but it's the presence of God right now with you. So right now, will you fix your thoughts on him? Think about what is good. You've presented your request to him, but think of what is pure, that your mind will be kept in shalom, shalom, the perfect, the wholeness of peace. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. May his word be with you. Peace be with you. Go in peace. 
grace and peace for you. It is a peace from heaven and it's available for you. So Father, right now, as we in this atmosphere of prayer, if you right now, you know there's an area in your life that you are needing the peace of God, I want to encourage you, just slip your hand up right now so I can pray for you. There are hands all over this auditorium. I, I'm, be honest, I'm lifting both my hands this morning. You're needing the peace of God. Receive it. As a sign of lifting your hands to heaven, receive the peace of God, which is his presence. So right now, come Holy Spirit. Fill those that are hands that are lifted all across online as well. Fill them right now. And hear the word of God as I speak this over you, Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I called you by name and you are mine. When you are in over your head, I will be with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be the dead end. Why? Because I am your God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you because that's how much I love you. I sell the whole of creation just, I'll trade creation just for you. Lord, let your word minister and do what only your word can do right now. You can put your hands down. And in this atmosphere, as we keep praying today, Shalom, I told you, means to be in perfect form and fashion. And there's some of you right now that I believe, as I spoke about this, you're not sure if you're in peace. You're not sure if you're in peace with God because you're not sure where you stand. But today you can experience the perfect peace of God that will change your life forever. And his name is Jesus. And it's the gift of salvation. The very reason why our Savior came to this earth was to give you this peace. He grew up. And at the age of 33, on that Friday, we call Good Friday, they led him to the cross where he was killed for us to take upon our sins. They put him in the tomb and the ladies came on that Sunday to go and anoint his body. And when they arrived there, he was out of there. He had checked out. Let me tell you so that you and I can have eternal life. And right now, you're saying, Daniel, I want to receive that perfect peace. I would love to be able to pray for you. So with all eyes closed in this private moment, online with us while you saying, Daniel, I need to receive that perfect peace of salvation. Pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, today I receive you. I need that perfect peace in my life. Today I offer myself fully to you. All of my mistakes, all of my faults, all of my past, I give to you. I ask that you forgive me. I thank you that you were with me now and forever because I've given my life to you. And God's people say it together with a loud voice. Amen. Come on, we can say amen with a louder declaration. Amen. Can I encourage you if you said that? We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to guide you on your discipleship journey.